Consistency, perseverance, dedication, and discipline are some of the finest qualities that an entrepreneur should have in order to bring about a revolution. Our guest for today is the epitome of all these qualities. So hello, namaste, sasriya kaladab, and welcome to yet another season and a pristine episode of our podcast series, Pecharcha 2.0, relaying directly from Manit Bhopal, presented by Entrepreneurship Cell. Hi, I'm Shraddha, your host for today. In this episode of our podcast, we have with us one of the most versatile and teasing speakers from our country. From a military veteran to becoming LinkedIn's top voice 2019 and a TEDx speaker too, it is an honor and a moment of pride for all of us to welcome Ms. Vandana Sharma. Thank you so much, Shraddha. Lovely to meet all of you. Thank you so much, ma'am, for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us here today. My pleasure. Thank you. So, ma'am, my first question to you is, you busted all myths of the society by joining the Indian Army, which was supposedly a male-dominated field then. What motivated you to do so? So, Shraddha, for me, as a five-year-old, and this is the story I have uh, told a couple of times, but I'll repeat so that... Uh, you get a context of the person that I am. So I uh, come from a family of Air Force uh, people. My father was in the Air Force. So back in the air base, everybody was equal. My brother, me, my sisters, we were all uh, going to the same schools, doing the same things, and we were fairly empowered. But uh, back when we went to my father's uh, native place, which was in UP, I noticed that girls were treated differently. Uh, because this was a village and uh, due to the custom traditions and everything else, uh, men uh, had other privileges that women didn't. Many of the kids used to drop out from uh, higher studies and things like that. And once I uh, realized when I was quite smaller, around five years old, all the men sat down for food and the women were cooking and serving uh, and when I said, I'm hungry and I'd like to eat, I was told the same thing that uh, you can eat with the ladies. And then I immediately asked questions like why everybody is not eating together or why women can't sit and eat with you? Uh, why can't I join you? So I was immediately told that you can go get your plate. So that was a learning that I had that day that if you need something, if you want something, uh, you have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a woman, Maybe things were not equal, but when you ask for it, you can get it. So that was a learning that came very, very early in life. And from there, mm -hmm. I started to notice the disparity. And I said, you know, uh, the gender should not uh, be a reason for deciding merit or careers. So that was something I kind of started to uh, focus on as a young child. Uh, other stereotype, which is not really a male-female thing, but uh, more about height. So I often talk about it because I'm 5'2", I'm not very tall, but then I love the game of basketball. So even as a uh, short girl, but uh, fairly athletic and uh, good at sports, I wanted to play the game. And uh, when everybody discouraged saying it is for six feet tall people, I mastered the game by shooting three pointers and uh, went to school nationals three times. So that was just to break another stereotype about, you know, talent doesn't really uh, depend on a particular factor like gender or height and 
things like that so i think that was my personality and uh, obviously since i grew up in an air force base my heroes were all you know fighter pilots and people in uniform i used to love to see them i often thought why women can't do these things and uh, i used to wear my father's cap and salute to myself and see how i look so those were you know the reflections of a young child thankfully by the time i came to college uh, it opened up as a career for women though it was short service but it opened up so obviously that was my first choice so without thinking too much i just uh, decided to uh, go for my army uh, service selection board and in the first attempt i made it so there i was and uh, uh, from there it has been a journey of uh, trying to prove a point that women can do everything <laughs> so since childhood you had been quite inquisitive yes very and the best learning we can ever find from this answer is that you have to ask for something yes. you need to strive for something if you want something really from your heart totally. so that was really brilliant ma'am being in the army you must have come across many incidents worth remembering so can you share some experiences when you were posted at leh ladakh during the kargil war uh, there are many because i was there for about 2 years uh, 1998 mm-hmm. to 2000 and uh, what i want to talk about in this conversation because uh, i think as young students uh, what you would resonate with is the transition that happened for me from a very young uh, lieutenant 23 year old mm. to suddenly uh, seeing the war and becoming a very responsible person uh, due to the circumstances that happened because when i volunteered for ladakh um, that was a time when they didn't even uh, post women officers to high altitude or field areas uh, but uh, so when i went there uh, it it was a peace uh, uh, place you know like uh, we call it peace and field so it was a peace location however uh, in uh, i think 6 or 8 months from the time i was there if i remember correctly uh, the war started and the war didn't start as war it it just started with us getting some information that you know some probably some infiltration has happened some guys uh, we weren't even sure if they were uh, trained uh, soldiers or mercenaries or who uh, somebody is on our post and somebody shooting from up there and you know our patrols went missing so a lot of these little messages started to come in in early may and we were wondering what was going on but very soon it blew up into a full war when one of our ammunition points in kargil blew up so for a logistician and i was part of logistics uh, in leh uh, that was a very very strong setback and a nightmare because uh, uh, you know if we lose ammunition uh it it uh, can have very very dire consequences so yeah. that was a huge setback and if you know about ladakh it is uh, it has only two approaches one through rotang and one through srinagar mm-hmm. so the third would be the flights and flights also are limited in a place like uh leh or uh, because the airport is uh, a certain way and high altitude and all of that plus we are talking of year 1999 so uh, there was very limited uh, sort of uh, uh, communication with the outer world and uh, when you're fighting a war then you know every minute you're making a decision every minute you're prioritizing uh, mm-hmm. so even the aircrafts that used to come in uh, 
there were decisions like whether it would bring reinforcements or food or uh, ammunition or clothing because everything is important right you can't mm-hmm. put one over the other and uh, one of the approaches uh, was getting constantly shelled by the artillery of the enemy and the other was frozen so in that sort of a situation we were fighting a war and uh, we had to manage with the resources that we had initially of course uh, the after the snow melted and more reinforcements came and as the war developed uh, a lot of things happened a lot more forces got deployed uh, many other people came in but we were the early ones who faced it all as it started right so i was really young and uh, i can't really say that i knew everything i was the junior most so i was still in that beginner uh, stage of my career so i knew that i just have to keep my head down and continue to pitch in wherever i was needed so uh, typically what everybody else did there were like 13 14 officers in a piece uh, time but when the war started i was alone uh along with the commanding officer so i had to manage all that because everybody else moved forward to uh you know locations where the war was being fought so there was a lot of responsibility not just from the point of view of uh, uh safeguarding the whole unit because uh, a logistics unit uh, is very very prone to sabotage and uh, mm. if your uh, logistics are hit then it it has severe implications so had to take care of security had to take care of uh, issuing stores to the fighting troops and because they were fighting a much much more serious bigger battle um, and on heights which are totally uh, crazy even to imagine you know 20000 feet 19000 feet uh, where you can't even breathe normally and there mm. uh, our brother officers were fighting a whole war so it was insane it's hard for me to put it in words to say what all was uh, going on parallelly and you know you're processing uncertainty chaos you mm-hmm. have to stay calm you have to stay all composed because uh, the men or the troops are looking up to you plus being alone in a place like that and in those days we didn't have internet where or mm-hmm. uh, you know phones in our hands where we could just call up home and say hey mom i'm feeling mm-hmm. nervous or scared you know so you have to be all brave and things like that so uh, there's very little that you can do to uh show your vulnerability anywhere so you need to be all composed and strong at any given time and keep your head down and continue to work and i don't know how many hours i used to work i used to forget to eat sleep uh, drink water because that wasn't a priority in a time like that mm-hmm. uh, i always thought of others who were actually in combat so those were some of the memories i have of those days uh, there are several others but yes these are some of the things that uh, transformed me from a young fun happy lieutenant to a more serious uh, officer so that was quite brave on your part and it wouldn't be wrong to say that you coped up really well <laughs> thank you i hope so linking that to one of the most important attributes possessed by an army personnel being from a military background how important do you feel attributes like discipline are in a person's life and how far do you hold the army responsible for instilling the same in you um i think uh... i have two answers to it one definitely i believe that 
okay let me answer it differently whenever you see a person who's donned a uniform at some stage of their life you mm-hmm. can see that they look different you can tell a foji apart from anybody else in a moment uh you know and that is also because of the way the personality shapes up during training and the years of conducting yourself in a certain way so uh not just discipline but a lot of other values uh punctuality uh, being high on integrity taking care of your team there are several things that become a part of who you are so i definitely agree and believe that discipline is important a structure is always useful especially in situations which are unprecedented or chaotic it's important to have a structure and a method to make sure that you are able to find a way and the best way to uh, win or uh, mm-hmm. succeed in whatever your mission is right so discipline is extremely important having said that i think the other thing that you will find uh, very interesting with people in uniform is the agility you know while uh, soldiers uh, are extremely disciplined the ability to stay flexible and on the go because uh, in in a situation which uh, nobody has seen or in a war time or chaos you don't know what you will face next so mm-hmm. being on the go or taking very quick decisions becomes extremely important so for that you have to remain flexible you can't be stuck to the theory that you've learned or a certain method that worked for you in the past and mm-hmm. uh, stick to that and say hey this is the only way to do it you have to have multiple contingencies thought in your head and uh, iterate uh, on the move so uh, contingency planning is the other thing or uh, being flexible or being on the go is extremely important so discipline is definitely important but apart from that making sure that you are agile and uh, mm-hmm. willing to do things which are not really cast in stone you know both are very important definitely definitely so discipline and agility are the two most important attributes according to you yeah okay this question has been in my mind for a while now after such a wonderful time spent in the army why did you suddenly part ways with it and come to the corporate world how did your time in the army help you in the corporate world and as an entrepreneur so um that's a decision that i did not take um completely out of my will um if you know the history of women in uniform when the commission got launched for women in the army it was a short service commission and uh, when it started in 1993 it started off as a five year career which meant that women had to uh, serve for five years contract and then after that the government would have decided whether you want uh, you you could continue or not so uh, when the first batch completed five years uh, they extended it they asked if you're willing to uh, go for another contract of five years so by the time i had joined i am from the eighth cause so by the time i joined the government had only extended uh, the commission to women for 10 years mm-hmm. so uh, when i joined in 1996 obviously i was extremely motivated and i did so well for myself i was part of a war and 
you know, I wore a lot of uh, medals and, you know, I was recognized as a war, uh, uh, you know, person who had served at the war uh, uh, location. However, as my ninth year approached, uh, mm-hmm. I started to think, where am I headed? Because my career was coming to an end. Um, regardless of how I did as a uh, soldier, uh, the choice that I had was another extension of four years, which the, the government had recommended that, you know, after 10 years, you can take another four years of extension or you can go home. So suddenly I had an end of the road and that didn't make sense to me. Uh, I was a major with uh, nine years of experience and uh, I had to make the choice. Uh, I decided to reskill and move on because it was the end of the road. You know, the government would have told me, uh, congratulations, well done. You, you've fought a war, you've done better than many other people, but you're a girl, so you have to go home. And that didn't seem like uh, a very fair uh, option to me. So that's the reason I decided uh, that I wanted to pursue a career. And it, it was a difficult decision because I did not have the right qualifications. I did not know what the corporate world looked like. I had nobody in my family who had uh, worked in the corporate world. So uh, while people think Kami is a place of uh, risk and challenges, I think for me, my comfort zone was in the forces. And uh, my nightmare was uh, lying outside that comfort zone. I didn't know what a city life is like, what it meant to operate, uh, you know, all your business on laptops or digitally. I didn't know uh, applications like Microsoft Office or PPTs and things like that. So uh, it was a very, very uh, huge learning curve for me. But I decided to reskill. I started uh, all over again. And uh, it's been an interesting journey. That must have been quite difficult. And I also believe that change is inevitable. Yes, yes. Yet, you you did very well, we must say. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. It's just that, you know, one needs to uh, be very sure of uh, the choices you make. I think that's very important. So I did weigh my options very well. And uh, I knew the repercussions or consequences. And once you weigh it out, you have to live with it. So I just stayed the course. I just put my head down and continue to work. I believe just as you said, agility is one of the most important attributes. You quite were very agile in changing (laughs) your career path, making such a tough transition from two entirely different worlds, from the army to the corporate world. Right, right. And, you know, in 2006, when I left army and I decided to move into, uh, uh, you know, corporate role, uh, not many uh, military people were in the corporate world. The only Mm -hmm. ones you could see were probably those who uh, sort of did administration management or security kind of jobs. Uh, You were not taken seriously enough if you said I wanted to pursue an HR uh, career or you want to pursue uh, entrepreneurship or consulting because the again a typical stereotype right people think a military person can only fight a war 
and interestingly a lot of people initially used to ask me those naive questions also saying uh, if you've been to a war how many people did you kill i said i didn't have to kill anybody because i was not with the fighting arms the women are not part of the fighting arms women mm-hmm. are uh, in services and i was a logistician so they said oh there's logistics also i said how do you think army works you 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 need somebody to give the ammunition you need somebody to give the clothing right so <laughs> there's so much uh so those are some of the things you know you you need to sort of know that if whichever new domain you go to uh there will be biases there will be stereotypes there will be lack of information that you have to deal with and be very tolerant about it because uh they don't know so you have to make sure that you create a space for yourself so i continue to do that so even after changing your career you have had changed the mindset of many people the perspective towards even the army and also women in the new absolutely. field you chose absolutely in fact a lot of uh, people a lot of army air force navy uh, professionals who uh, have been leaving the forces uh, towards the retirement or uh, you know the com- short service commission getting over a lot of people reach out to me because uh, now they see that as um another possible career option which kind of never existed earlier but now that somebody has done it you you create a path uh, it becomes easier for people to say hey if so and so could do it then this is another option which is available so i think uh, i just try to uh, add a purpose to my life at every stage and that's what i try to do so you have paved a new way as well <laughs> yes i think so mom as the army is still male dominant how far do we expect the female growth in the country to be in terms of the army as a whole for its growth um look um uh, it's a difficult answer and it becomes a very um it it's it's not a it's not an answer that i can give for the government or for the army and it's very personal but uh, what i want to tell you here is uh, the fact that it's a uh the the core role of the forces uh, as such is combat it is to protect uh, the country and the borders and uh, if you look at the history of war if you look at the composition of forces worldwide forget about india it has always been the men so uh i don't visualize ever a scenario where uh the ratios will change to uh 80% women and 20% men i don't think so unless we are all digital and we are only probably fighting a war which is on keyboards um you know then there is a possibility but if it is of uh, you know physical capability uh, definitely it will never be that kind of a, a diversity ratio so mm-hmm. uh, i don't think uh, that's a possibility or uh, even fair to say that because uh women definitely and i'm not talking of everybody while we have uh, really been winning a lot of medals in you know weightlifting and boxing so those stereotypes are also broken but it is also uh, uh, the choice of women as such and as a whole and not all the women would aspire to go into the fighting uh, mm. roles right so it it's very very individualistic to say that uh 
all the girls would want to aspire and join the army and uh, whether they'll all be successful also because uh, the the standards that you would need to fight in a man to man combat uh, i i can't say that all the possible women would be great at it uh, i for sure do not have the personality to get into a one on one combat role and if i were offered that i'm very sure i would have declined because that's not my strength i have my strengths in different places uh, if it's a strategy role if it is influence if it is um a management or logistics you know i i i can uh, really lead uh, very well but certainly i don't think i would want to choose a fighting career uh, you know mm-hmm. so the the point i'm making is Uh, it 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 depends you know and i don't see that as a uh, full career and speak for uh, you know from the government point of view to say whether uh, that's going to happen i think uh, uh, it it's very complex i i don't think i want to answer beyond this on this particular point that was quite insightful ma'am we noticed that there's a constant urge in you to make a difference to this world from where do you get this urge do you have a role model or do you believe in some coach which keeps you going i think my coach has been uh, my mom and uh, she's someone who uh, dropped out of school uh, straight after uh, her uh, higher secondary because in those times uh, women got married very early so uh, she got married to my father but she was the daughter of uh, a village headman my grandfather was a village headman and a uh, uh, very very popular and able uh, leader so she spent a lot of time as a child sitting in those uh, meetings and uh, shadowing her father on various decisions so i think she was a very wise person and uh, all that she saw all that she learned um she kind of passed it on to all of us in a very storytelling kind of a way and i've always found her uh, methods very very beautiful they were never imposed they were never uh, sort of the you know what you see typically about uh, brown moms or the way our parents uh, managers uh interestingly none of that happened in my house we were very very empowered we were very free and uh, you know it was a very consultative kind of parenting uh, that my parents did so my mom always uh, uh, encouraged us to be the best version of ourselves and that is something that she continued to talk about and which is how i thought you know i needed to be uh, a lot more than just the person i am and uh, you know when you get rewarded you get recognized you get that pat from parents i think that uh, is significant so uh, i always looked up to that well done from my mom and dad so i think she's been my inspiration and uh, still i'm 48 now but i whenever i do well i i definitely look up to her saying well done you know though she has a very limited work view and maybe a lot of things we do in today's world uh, she doesn't understand but when i explain to her she listens very intently and she knows if i am that uh, energized and happy and excited it must mean something big so uh, yes she is my coach so your mother has been your role model yes 
and you also believe that extracting the good from everything you find is the best possible way to improve yourself absolutely and uh, uh, you know what i have noticed is if you do good a lot more good comes back to you so uh, that's my learning over the years of uh, being kind being empathetic and uh, constantly learning and teaching so uh, in my journey i have constantly tried to learn i'm always curious to learn something new and something that i have not done before and that keeps me excited on a daily basis and apart from that i also love to teach and uh, mm-hmm. when i teach i think it just becomes a bigger validation for myself plus i also feel that if i have been able to touch people in some way and it has um help them in their career or life uh, that gives me the joy that i i cannot express in any other way so i think that's who i am um that's the inbuilt uh, model uh, that i am and that's you're what i quite, love you're quite proven the fact that your knowledge increases when you share it with others certainly certainly yeah ma'am just as we heard you it seems you quite visionary so do you have a long term plan or vision that you're working on and if so can we get some insights on it so interestingly while i uh, always uh, think of a big picture and uh, i think of goals and i talk about it with all the people uh, like i said you know uh, in today's world you can't really have a very long term vision i mean all of us if you look back at lockdowns and covid and the mm. way the whole world got shut down no long term visions would have worked for the entire world so uh, i think even in my career if you see in 25 years i've had multiple kind of um, options and probably the long term career that i would have envisioned as a 23 year old uh, did not even exist for me uh so uh, i i think i have not had a very very long term um sort of strategic goal but what i believe is whatever i do i should feel happy i should feel fulfilled and should give me the joy that i am adding value and purpose to myself and to the people around me i think mm-hmm. that remains the core focus at any given stage so um i don't know what i want to do in 20 years from now in fact i don't even know what i want to do in 10 years from now but 5 years i can tell you i would definitely want to uh, touch a lot more lives i would want to be able to uh, maybe coach guide influence people uh, in every possible way and it doesn't happen through any one medium right it happens through many things uh, written expression public speaking teaching in college uh, coaching folks um, being a good hr leader in the industry there are so many things so i want to do multiple things i don't think it is very linear it is multiple things and i want to try and keep adding to the and see what comes out of it so you believe in enjoying the journey rather than just focusing on your destination totally totally i i have absolutely no clarity on what that destination will be and i don't even want to uh, stress myself about it i'm totally enjoying the space i'm in and i just want this to continue wonderful ma'am 
Being from a military background and now joining the tough competitive corporate world, what do you think is the similarity and the key difference between the two? How do you think one should choose the career path being a civilian or a militant? Um can we uh, split the question and then can I try and answer the first Definitely ma'am definitely so uh, you'll have to repeat it Definitely ma'am so the question first part of the question was that you have worked both with the army and the corporate world so what do you think is the similarity and the key difference between the two Okay so um I'll give you the similarity between uh, startups and army uh, which mm-hmm. are very very similar um corporate also from a leadership point of view but i think the analogy i want to drive uh, at this point in time is uh, military is always trained to work uh, with the least amount of resources in the mm-hmm. least amount of time and thrive in chaos bring a structure when everything else fails and that is very similar to how things are in a startup you are in a market which is uh, unknown you are mm-hmm. trying things for the first time uh, you have very limited resources and you have very little time and what happens is the kind of talent you need to win that war is also very very niche limited and um you have to stay motivated despite all the failures and uh, very limited wins you know mm-hmm. so it it is almost like fighting a war and uh, that's the reason i have enjoyed my time most in the corporates when i started to work with startups but there was so much of excitement on a daily basis and whatever you are working towards it's instantly visible to you hmm. um larger organizations because the growth is so much and they are already big um things get compartmentalized things are already structured and laid out so as a individual you are not adding the same amount of value that you might be able to add as a, a leader in a startup because here you are defining everything you're laying the foundation you're deciding on policies the kind of talent you need the kind of uh, team you want to pick out the kind of rules you want to set how you want to be so there's so much that you can do and you can see the impact in 3 months 6 months 1 year 2 years uh, which you will not see in a large organization even in 20 years so uh, that's what excites me and that is a similarity that uh you find in both the places now the difference uh, i think the key difference would be that army does not work on profitability army works only on uh, patriotism and uh, command uh, you know uh, it's a very selfless organization there uh, you don't ask questions why i am being asked to do this you know that this is what you signed up for uh it's not the same in the corporate world in the corporate world everything is about uh, what i put on the table and what is the return on investment um people can leave when they choose uh, they can be attrition uh, your top talent can be poached by uh, others uh, in the market so there's this constant struggle with retaining your people uh, there's a constant struggle of uh, people 
going away because of a higher compensation or incentives. Uh, that is not the case with the forces. In the forces, you know, you're um, all part of a team which stays together. So that's why the difference. And that's why uh, while everybody says that they want to have the culture or the welfare um, or the structure and discipline that you see in the military, in the corporate world, uh, it's not possible uh, because uh, it's it's not just a career. It's a way of life. Their people are family. So now, would it be right to say that being the master of your own soul was one factor that you chose entrepreneurship over joining some other MNC? I definitely think that entrepreneurship and being part of startups allows you to create a bigger impact. Uh, like I said, when you're part of an already established large organization, uh, you may be getting rewarded for the subject matter expertise, but uh, you're not taking all the decisions. You are not creating the kind of employment that is possible. And you can't see the impact so close. And for somebody like me who likes that validation, who likes uh, to see the impact, um, I definitely think that is way more possible when you're in the startup space and uh, helping people materialize their dreams or consult and guide them with the coaching that uh, they might need and they may not even be able to afford, uh, you know. So I definitely think that entrepreneurship uh, uh, is a very exciting space uh, if uh, you can take the risk and you can balance it out with your safety. Definitely, ma'am. So how do you think one should choose the career, being a civilian or a militant? You mean military, not militant. <laughs> Sorry, military. <laughs> so, uh, see, choosing a career is, again, very, very personal. Uh, there are no right or wrong answers. There are no better career over the other. It's about uh, what you're passionate about. Uh, as mm -hmm. a young girl, I had the same choices. I could have done an MBA in 1995 and, uh, you know, uh, been in the same world that I am in. Uh, but I chose to join Army, which was a fairly new career and women were not part of it. Uh, and I enjoyed it too. Uh, because I, uh, I'm that sort of a person. I love my travel. I like adventure. I understood the forces. I got to see the best of the country. So, um, I, I think there were a lot of things that the army could give me that as a young uh, person, I loved. So uh, those were some of the things and the kind of person I am, I enjoyed it fully. Uh, I wouldn't say that's a career for everybody. There, there can be people who don't enjoy that, but um, other things. So it's very important to have the self-awareness. I think uh, whenever you're choosing a career, it's important to understand your own strengths and your areas of uh, development. Uh, I do meet a lot of young people who don't have that clarity. And when you uh, operate from a slightly delusional point of view where you want to get into something very desperately, but you're not cut out for it, chances are you may not do very well. You may still be able to do it, but with a lot more effort. So it's important to understand what you're good at and try and see whatever careers are close to your areas of strength and then get into something that works faster because 
anything that you're naturally good at you will do better you have an edge over everybody else who's uh, going for it so i wouldn't say that uh, people should pick up a civilian career or a military career because when you say civilian also there are tons of things right you could mm-hmm. still be part of government you could uh, join other government jobs or you could be a teacher or you could be uh, in the corporate world in different streams right so various things are possible and all are great careers i think uh, my short answer to this question would be know yourself that self awareness is extremely important understand what you are good at and then pick up a career so personal choice and swot analysis should be the major factors in deciding your career absolutely absolutely for a budding entrepreneur there is risk in taking no risks thus every entrepreneur always has the ability to handle situations where put to question very well ma'am we shall last switch the side and would like to have a light hearted discussion in, on some dilemmatic situations in our next segment charcha on choices okay so ma'am i'll be providing you with two options and you'll have to choose between them in a flick okay so the first one is working as a team head in different companies or learning deep in the gaming tech learning deep in the gaming tech seeking joy in little things or looking out for a bigger picture like i told you already uh, little joys video calling or writing letters to your family oh that stuff i would love to write letters that was epic retro style ma'am <laughs> drill session with teammates or bonfire nights with fellow cadets bonfire nights initiating new ideas or improvising on existing ones initiating new ideas story mode or first person shooter games i i, I didn't get this could you repeat that story mode games or first person shooter games first person shooter games so women venturing in the armed forces or the corporate world um this is hard to answer i guess both have been equally good and fulfilling so love both <laughs> sorry <laughs> and if you had to choose between one of them this one is going to be hard yeah. teamwork or discipline which one would you choose teamwork that was quite <laughs> quick <laughs> no i'm very clear because see discipline is fine but you cannot be rigid i know people who think they are disciplined but they are extremely rigid and the moment you define your life or your choices with black and white or uh, in a certain way and consider that as discipline um you are putting yourself in a lot of limitations so i think just being flexible working with people from diverse backgrounds learning from everyone operating with people and i am a very people person i love working with people so team work any day that was quite thoughtful ma'am mm-hmm. it was a pleasure to get to know your practical outlook on these puzzling impasses and that too with such spontaneity now as we reach towards the end of the episode there is one last thing we would like to ask you the fight for equal rights has now been going on for a long time how in your opinion can a conservative country like india change its attributes towards gender equality in terms of women empowerment um 
it's an interesting uh, question and i often get asked about it and i think the short answer to it would be each one of us who's already educated or in the workspaces should continue to make place for more women and uh, the way to do that is by supporting coaching mentoring more girls and uh, uh, definitely helping people uh, understand the strengths that women can bring to uh, any team uh, you would and you know the lockdowns and the covid times are very very clear examples worldwide if you see uh, politically the countries where women leaders were leading uh they handled the crisis a lot better so while i'm not saying that women are better leaders or something like that but uh there are a lot of leadership qualities which women bring to the table and uh, it it always helps to have a more holistic a better team when you have more girls so the responsibility is not just on policy making and governance and the way we expect others to do that i'd say you have to continue to make space for more and uh, which is something that i have tried to do in every place that i have worked at i have tried to bring in a lot of awareness i've tried to celebrate uh, you know and coach a lot of uh, young girls um, so that uh, we are able to sort of have more and more people join uh, every career across second is to be able to uh create policies in organizations that help to keep women in the workforce the challenge happens when uh women get into their other milestones uh women who choose to have children or a lot of decisions that happen because of marriage and uh women typically choose to uh keep the career at the back seat for other sacrifices and things like that which is again the choices but if the organizations are able to provide and if it is possible to provide uh choices and flexibility that helps to keep more women in the workforce so that's the other way of ensuring plus uh, small things like uh helping have flexible hours or uh, support around uh, you know uh, children with a good crash and a lot of other things so those are some of the other things that help uh, women third i'd say for senior leadership uh, making sure that women who uh, lead teams uh, they uh, instead of just focusing on uh, coaching women on uh, leadership there is also an important uh, aspect of coaching the male counterparts on um, gender sensitization and unconscious biases because we realize that the way we were all raised in this country um, there are a lot of unconscious biases that everyone carries we automatically decide in our heads when it's uh, dealing with a woman uh, oh she might need this oh she may not be able to do that so while she may be fully capable uh, a lot of times those things are uh, preconceived in the head so we have mm. to train people on unconscious biases and gender sensitization and the last but not the least i'd say every organization while uh, if there are a lot of diversity and inclusion sort of initiatives it's important not just to look at uh, women empowerment but more of uh, a gender neutral workforce 
So I think it's important to have meritocracy as the criteria than just looking at it from a gender point of view. If there are uh, more women who are capable as a uh, team, um, so be it. If there are more men who are capable, so be it. If you can have a great mix, fantastic. So uh, not limit somebody because of the gender, whether it's a male or a female. I think it's important to keep that meritocracy when it comes to top leadership and uh, making sure that uh, there are more and more women who are hired at early stages and then the uh, policies support uh, them staying for a full career of say 20 years. I think those are some of the things if we do right across organizations, um, it should change a lot of things. So merit is the most important factor. I definitely Apart think. from that, motivation, breaking stereotypes, gender sensitization, and motivating, and the parental and societal support are one of the most important factors, along with flexibility in norms and workplaces. That's right. That's right. Really great, ma'am. Our feelings just can't be summed up in words, ma'am. We feel so lucky that we could talk to you and get to know your journey and your experiences so far. The session has certainly been full of learnings and it is a privilege to have a personality as dynamic as yours with us today. Our team, Entrepreneurship Cell, Manit Bhopal, is very honored that you could join us today, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be speaking to all of you. I must tell you all that uh, Bhopal holds a very special place in my heart because I did my graduation from Bhopal. And uh, uh, that was the first place where I lived alone as a student at the age of 18, 19, 20. So I love the city and uh, it, it's, it's always a pleasure to give back to the city that made me who I am. So uh, definitely very, very happy to be talking to all of you. I wish all of you a lot of success in whatever you choose to do in your lives and um, keep in touch. Thank you so much. That was really lovely, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, you ma'am. It is now time to wrap up the session and reflect on all that we have learned today from ma'am. Thanks to each listener out there. We hope that you've grasped a lot of knowledge. Now it is time to put our learnings into reality. Good luck and have a nice day. This is Team ASL signing off from the station, Bay Churcha 2.0.